Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Stromsky, where every week I host a new guest with unique professions, personal adversity, or even maybe a strong opinion or two. And if you haven't hit the five stars review on Apple Podcasts, please hit it now before you forget. Running a podcast is a surprising amount of work, and more reviews converts into a wider range of future guests. This week, I talked to Mike Pelik, an expert on work ethic in the arts. We talk about his screenplays, acting, and the trends he's noticed from his creative guests on ethics, productivity, and persistence. Enjoy. Thanks for, thanks for having me for this. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. I did a dive today into all you do, man. You are a renaissance man, aren't you? <laughs> I just love doing stuff. I just love making things, you know? And, so. and you're great because I, I love, I, I've never found a perfect word for renaissance just seems so outdated. Uh, I don't know, like multifaceted. Yeah, a, a Swiss army knife, maybe? I've tried using that one. That one doesn't, there's, <laughs> there's got to be one that really clicks. But uh, quick question, where are you originally from? I'm from Jersey, which is, okay. uh, that's where I am now. Um, I grew up in Jersey. I lived in California for a few years. Uh, I was in the army for four years. And then uh, I'm back in Jersey now. Okay. So obviously you are well versed in this. By the way, I I need to get your... I looked through all your guests and I was like, man, he pulls like a, like a lot of good guests. Like I, I got to figure out like how he like narrows to like everybody has their, how they get to it. Like, it's like the hard method. You just keep on emailing no matter what, like how do yeah. you like personal emails? I always tried to do, but I don't know. I mean, for me, it was like, I worked in music for years. So I have a bit of a network in that world anyway. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of how I got the first handful of music guests. And then it kind of like splintered out from there. And a lot of it has been just finding a publicist and being like, hey, I'm emailing you about this person, but would also love to talk to this, 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 and this person. And, uh, and with a lot of the actors and writers and directors, I have IMDb, I have a subscription to IMDb Pro, and I just, cold email either them or their publicist. And then I've had a couple of, one of my most recent guests, uh, an actor named Kadia Saraf, who's on Law and Order. She messaged that me. One. Yeah, she messaged me and was like, hey, I enjoy the podcast, would love to, to do it. And then I finished with her. And then the next episode, which hasn't come out yet, is with her husband, Terry Serpico, who's in just Wait, also, I saw a picture of her too, uh, of him because they were with each other. Uh, yeah, what, what is he in? Like uh, I, I saw that and I was like, wow. I, so he, yeah, he's also on Law and Order. He was in like Donnie Brasco, um, Army Wives, The Purge, like tons and tons of like kind of high level mm -hmm. TV and and films, and so it's just kind of been some of that type of stuff happening too. Tell me if this is wrong. You've got two screenplays currently, right? Or I, that you've written. I Yeah, a bunch more than that, but kind of a couple that I'm trying to push a little more push than out. others. Yeah, yeah. You have two screenplays, but you've done a couple films too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've made, made a few films, yeah. 
I, I don't think I've ever interviewed someone from a, uh, a nonfiction point of view. It's usually documentaries. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I started writing screenplays and I wrote a couple of short ones and I was actually living in Vancouver. I had gotten out of the army and <laughs> that's the perfect place to be, right? That's like yeah, film yeah. central. Yeah. I, I mean, I was in Vancouver. My wife is from Canada and I got out of the army. I was kind of like bumming it with her where uh, I wasn't working. She was working and I met a couple of people who were making a web series and they were kind of like Vancouver actors, filmmakers in that world. And I realized that anyone can kind of do this. You just have to figure it out. And a lot of my background is from punk rock. I discovered punk rock at an early age and the DIY mentality that comes with it, where it's just, you can do things. You just have to figure it out, put your mind to it and just go for it. And I've always had, you know, I've always had that mentality since I was like 15 or 16. And so I was working with these people doing a web series, which is pretty, it's pretty cool called uh, Fools for Hire. And I was in Vancouver for about six months, came back to Jersey. And within a year or two, I thought, okay, I'm going to make my own film. And basically wrote something which was called The Delivery Man. And it was about a guy who um, he's basically a, a serial killer who's disguised himself as a delivery man. So the guy who comes and knocks on your door that you don't really think twice about opening for, um, you know, he's the one who who's, you know, the villain. And it was it was super just like rented a camera, um, rented, you know, a few lights, some sound equipment had one of my friends shoot it for me, had one of my friends holding the boom mic, um, put out a casting call on Actors Access, which is kind of a, it's it's a part of breakdown services, which is where all the big movies and TV shows go to, but all the way down to student films. Mm -hmm. And uh, got a couple of really great actors and almost kind of surprising, right? Where I had a couple of actors in it. One of them, she had been on Homeland and just a bunch of TV shows and um, another actor who uh, named Roy, who was great in it. And he'd been in all sorts of movies and TV shows. And I, I kind of had that moment of like, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> you know, like I didn't think on film one, I'd be getting to direct the people who I'm watching on TV. And um we shot it in two days, shot it like in my apartment, shot it at a park in, in Jersey City where I was living at the time. And I, you know, directed it. I edited the whole thing myself. And that was the first thing I've ever really edited before. And um, luckily, my friend Frank, who plays guitar in the band My Chemical Romance, did the music for it. And that really helped kind of push it out there. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, to get a lot of uh, eyes on it. And it was cool getting to bring it out to some film festivals and stuff. And, you know, after that, I made another film kind of in the same process where I just put it together myself and 
um, just did it, you know, and that's kind of like the core thing behind those is, you know, I mean, it costs a little bit of money, but not that much. Like I think the first one I made for under a thousand dollars and, you know, it didn't make it sent back, but it gave me such great experience, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's something that you, I mean, you don't buy directly, but obviously you buy with time and money. Yeah. Um, so what was your family and like your friends before you even started the first film? Were they all like super supportive? Yeah. You know, I, I I'm very lucky. We talked a little bit about like, we're for a second about family and my parents have always supported whatever I've done. All the, all the crazy things that I've done, um, whether it was, Hey, I'm going to move to LA and be an actor, or I'm going to quit that and start working in music, or I'm going to quit that and join the army, or I'm going to quit that and just work a corporate job, you know, like everything they've, they've always been like, all right, <laughs> you know, just, just do it, do it and do it your best. And my friends that I've always had around me are also generally artists, a lot of musicians, actors, that kind of tends to be my friend group. And so, and I've thought about this a lot lately, I've, whether it's intentionally or not, I've always managed to surround myself with people who are creative and or just like doing things and, you know, kind of aren't the people who just go to work, come home, watch six hours of TV and just like call it a night and then be like, oh, I don't have time to do anything. They you know? make six hours of TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of how my friend group has been over much of my life. I don't know, you know, it's kind of an interesting thought, like have I sought those people out or is it just, you know, those people all attract each other? Yeah. So you started, I think I saw that you started the podcast in 2020, around this time too, right? Yeah, when I was, was looking, it was like, it was perfect. It was a hundred and... 104 weeks, I think, when I looked. Yeah, just about two years ago now, I think. Yeah. So what I guess what have you I mean, just to tell everybody who's listening, this guy has pulled like, I, I, I can't even remember. It's like whenever you look at my podcast and like people and around my level of podcast, you don't see like big pulls. But like, I'm looking through all your people from different bands. I mean, Fall Out Boy, guitarist. A lot of good actors. Like before, I think uh, we started actually recording. Uh, you had an SVU actor on, like maybe three or four weeks ago. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah, I started it. I this is a good kind of segue from my friend group. Is like I said, I have a lot of friends who are in the music world and in the arts and in in TV and all that. And I've never said it to them, but I've always kind of thought to myself man, how much are you working to make this happen? You know, because I only really see them when it's like, you know, oh, it's so-and-so's kid's birthday or like we're going out for drinks or whatever. You don't see the like daily work that they're doing. And I've, I, it was just one of those things that was on my mind. And um, my wife and I and our two kids were out on a road trip where we drove around the country for a month. After I had my second kid, I had, I had a couple of months of paternity leave from my job. And that question had kind of been playing on my mind for a while. And I thought, 
I don't know, wouldn't it be cool to just to, to, to finally ask the question instead of just like have it weirdly in the back of my head, you know, like how much is so-and-so, you know, like, is he going down to the basement and just like writing songs for eight hours? Like just what, grinding what is, the meat. Yeah. Yeah. What is going on there? And I was like, well, maybe let me just try it. You know, again, that goes back to that same like ethos of, I guess I'm just going to try it. And I, I this is another thing that I've thought about recently is I have a weird confidence too, only in this one part of my life in that I feel like when I do something, it's going to be amazing. It's, it's kind of like a, it's an overconfidence, you know, and, and nothing has really turned out to be earth shattering just yet. But I, but when I think about something like a podcast where I think a lot of people just go, and you could relate to this, some people might just go, Oh, that would be cool. I wish someone would do that so I could listen to it. I kind of said, well, I want to listen to this, so I'm just going to make it. And I thought about, you know, those, what do I want to hear from someone? You know, I want to hear like, are they really working every day? How much of this was luck and how much of this was just grinding, you know, not like that weird over, like, you know, sleeping four hours a night, hustle, grind, that kind of is out there but just just the persistence and just yeah continuing on with things and um i i have a friend who has a podcast called this was the scene and he talks about the late 90s punk scene and i asked him i was like dude how do i do a podcast and he was like hey just buy a mic and record it with zoom and you know i also record mine with zoom and um you could just do it. And I actually, I edit my podcast in video editing software because that's what I know. Um, probably the only person in the world who does that. Yeah. It's funny that you say, uh, the way you said it for just the hard work, because many, many aspects, when I think about that, when people like you don't see them and like you said, see them at birthday parties, because I heard something that was like all your best friends you've already seen them basically 99% of what you're going to see for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's, that's so sad to hear, but it's what they're doing when you don't see them. That's when they're working hard. And the other thing I thought of when like an artist or um, I guess not really with a musician, but you could say that for performance, I feel like you always have to be working as like a, because your image is always out there. Yeah. Obviously, not as much for um, actors that aren't as as well known, but I feel like those people have to like, for example, your movie. How amazing would it be if one of those actors, your movie would have gone huge, like the people who did Blair Witch Project, actually not far from where I grew up. Do, do you think those people who said they would star in that movie thought it was going to blow up like it did? <laughs> no. Because they didn't. And I mean, look, look what Blair. I'm not a, I'm not a film person, but I imagine that Blair Witch Project led to like paranormal activity, that whole genre. Yeah, like they started a genre. And those like. Those people are I, I don't know what deal they made, but they, they're probably huge or. Maybe well off, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked up a few of them recently because I was like, oh, that would be that would be some fun people to like reach out to for for yeah, for guests I mean, and. Um, they're I might, still, most I might of them are still working. Okay. I might, I might beat you to it. That, <laughs> that's actually a really good one. Um, 
I, I just think it's it's so funny the dynamic of friends and your relationship with them on like hard work and the 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 friends that are good are the ones you don't see them doing it. Yeah. And they don't brag or anything like that. They just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And I love the concept of your podcast that you're trying to determine their, I guess, I wouldn't say artistic drive. Is that kind of it? If it's yeah, a mix I mean, of luck or yeah, just their their productivity and and how they kind of like the mindset of just continuing on. It, like I feel like the mindset of taking a swing at something, and then the mindset of just keeping moving forward regardless of what's happening in front of you. And uh, so I talk about that a lot, and even down to one of my questions I've been throwing in lately is. Do you prefer to work it, you know, overnight or early in the morning? And that's been kind of a fun little like, you know, sort of buzzer beater question. And it's almost like the mental gymnastics of, you know, it's taken for whatever for me, for example, with with screenwriting is. It's not easy to continue to write every single day when. You know, nothing is really working yet, you know what I mean, but I've but you have to do it because you enjoy it and you have to keep like you have to just continue going because one of the things that I've learned talking to a lot of people is that and it seems obvious in hindsight but most of these people the you know the success didn't come very quickly you know like it's it's sort of a cliche that there's no overnight success that you just didn't see the 10 years prior you know and uh that's kind of been one of the trends that I have seen. You know, I've I've kind of at this point noticed a few trends between a majority of the guests. You know, that there is like the just the persistence and the perseverance and um saying yes to everything was a big one from people. It seems like there are a lot of people who they just they'll say yes to everything, or at least early in their career, they were just open to everything. I mean, one example is the the guy Terry Serpico, who is an actor. And I mean, like we were saying earlier, I mean, he's was just recently in Yellowstone and uh, just a lot of big stuff. But he early on his career was a stunt person. And I don't think it was because he wanted to be a stunt person. But it was like his entree into mm-hmm. into the acting world and getting on screen. And we did talk about that a little bit. And it was kind of like, this isn't what you really wanted to do. But if you had said no to those things and kind of did the like, oh, no, no, I'm a very serious actor. I will I will not do stunt work. You would have never ended up where you are now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that from both point of views, just because like, look at uh i don't know i i guess it was in the 2000s but matthew mcconaughey in in romance uh, comedy romances like three or four or five but then you've got the other end i think liam neeson's like wife died and so he's like i've, I've got to just bury myself in my work and just start taking jobs yeah and that's when he started doing all those action films like the gray and take well taken i could just say taken but it, yeah it it's funny how many how that can just distract you but also at the same time just give you variation of skill 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and expand your network, I think is if, if that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. If there's anyone I feel like who is trying to start something, whether it's creative or entrepreneurial or whatever, I feel like, and it's not like shitty networking, you know, it's not like, you know, what can I get out of you networking? But it's kind of like, you know, if I relate it to acting, it would be, you know, someone taking that unpaid student film, you know, where, yeah, it sucks. You're not getting paid and it might not end up being a great film, but what if, what if that guy is making the film is Kevin Smith in 10 years, you yeah. know, and, and they remember thing. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, or if, or if you're a band and you play the show that you get paid $10 for, you know, and, and you're buying your own beer you might, and whatever. Well not, yeah. I was going to say, don't pay me $10. I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> yeah, I'll just take but, the beer. But you know what? You never know who's standing in the back of that room. You yeah. know, that would, that was always something that I've thought about is you just, even with a podcast, like you never know who's going to click on that. And one of this might go off on a little bit of a tangent, but one of the things that I always find interesting about the arts and the creative world is that, and it's a little dreamy, but anything can change on the, you know, with the snap of a finger, you know, with, with that one person who happens to hear this or see this and, you know, your whole, your whole life and career can change. That's it. That's exciting to me. Yeah. You could say it's kind of like a uh, butterfly effect, but yeah, some YouTube clip. Yeah. And then 10 years later, it started, it, it branched out 10 years before and it's just worked its way up. And, yeah. I, and I assume that's like Instagram videos. By the time I see it, it's at a hundred thousand, but it's like three years old. Yeah. But it's still something's relevant. In yeah. It. Let's say five years from now, where do you see, like, where do you see yourself? Where, where would you be happy professionally? I guess with your podcast with your, um, your writing, where would you be happy in five years? I'm not, I'm not, obviously you would be happy with being super famous, but I'm saying like from a like development, like where would yeah. you be happy? I mean, I, if, if I were to say like a, f almost like a five-year plan in my mind would be, uh, I would love to be kind of like, I guess here's like a few bullet point goals that I would love to have at that point, but I would love to be as a writer represented by, you know, a manager and or agent. Um, I would love to have at least optioned something, if not sold something. Um, with the podcast, I, I don't even know. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, uh, right now I'm just kind of trying to get to a hundred is, is, you know, I, I've, I think I think we're all trying to just get to 100 on podcast just because <laughs> I feel like there's that plateau where it's just like, just keep going. Yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, that that's probably I all I also, you know, as kind of a secondary creative thing, I, I do like acting, you know, I would love to get one like network part in one episode of one show. Um, so those are kind of the things that I'm working at i mean i would love to see you know a movie i write on the screen but i think just sort of a realistic goal would be even if i haven't won the game if i could just be playing the game you know yeah makes if sense. i could be in in that world playing the game even if i'm not crushing home runs out of the park but you know I, i'm sick of buying tickets i guess no that's that's a good goal and that's not 
I mean, that's not even too crazy, right? And you mentioned a podcast, but I would just link that with networking. Just sure. like you say, I mean, you could just see the podcast as you basically auditioning, but you're leaving it out there. You're making connections with all these new guests. And just to follow that up, has that led to anything? Have you made any? Um, I would say nothing that's like concrete. Um, I have had a few people who I have interviewed that are like writers and or directors say like, oh, send me a script, you know, and you kind of send it off into, and kind of goes into a void. And and then it's you also have that kind of awkward like, well, we have like a little sliver of a relationship. Like, I don't want to be a pain in the ass and start following up and, you know, yeah, all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's a great networking thing and kind of like what we said before it's it's not like shitty networking you know it's like a genuine um you know it's a it's just a genuine organic yeah like networking thing where we're gonna have a real conversation and you know i never i never like pitch anything to anyone it's it's yeah they're doing you a favor yeah and and some people i've talked to them for that half hour and i've you know, never hear from them again. And some people I've kind of stayed in touch with, and that's been great. And I'm sure if the time were to come and I go, Hey, I've got this thing and it's perfect for whatever you're looking for. I don't think I'd be shy about throwing that out there, but yeah, it is a great networking thing. And I mean, one of my other ways of approaching guests is I, just go to people who I'm like a fan of is kind of where I've whittled it down to because it, and I'm sure you've felt this, it can be overwhelming to go, who do I want to have on? Who do I want to even approach? And, you know, for example, I'm rewatching the show 24 and some like taking notes along the show of like, who are, you know, Kiefer Sutherland's probably not coming on, you know, but who are those like, that's, that's what I saw by your guests. Like, I, I had seen them before, but I couldn't place it. Yeah. And it was yeah. just like like a two or three like episode arc, or they were just like a I wouldn't say like a, a side character, but somebody strong in the show. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what my approach has been is I'll watch a show or I'll hear some like I'll hear a band and go, Oh yeah, I should try to hunt that person down. Let's go to the qu- closing question. What is something that your parents did that you um, you thought was a great idea and you look back at it and think it was amazing? And second part, what is something that you'd want to do maybe a little differently or something new with the next generation? Um, so I think one of the things that my parents did that was great for me, which I, I had mentioned earlier, was that they always supported everything I did. They never, I don't think I ever really got a no out of them, unless it was probably something completely ridiculous or, um, I mean, that was probably looking back on my life to this point was probably one of the best things for me because I know other people whose parents kind of micromanaged them through high school into college and into their like professional lives or whatever. And I never got that. And I'm so thankful for it. You know, I'm, it's, it's definitely how I, I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old and it's how I want to kind of guide them 
and and let them find their interests and pursue it and not push them one way or another outside of maybe like, well, let's try this. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it. Um, which kind of goes into part two of your question where, what would I do different for the next generation? And I'll, I'll talk on my kids for that because they're my next generation. But um, I think it would be a little bit of, of and this is going to sound contradictory to what I just said, but pushing them a little more than maybe my parents pushed me. I feel like my parents gave me a very open avenue to kind of do what I wanted. But looking back, I feel like if maybe they had pushed me a little more in certain directions, you know, if, if they identified that I had a strong interest in music early on, maybe if I could have, you know, if they'd put a guitar in my hands when I was 14, you know, mm -hmm. might've been, who knows, like that, I guess that's what I would want to do for my kids. Like, uh, my older son is performs. He's, he's the kid who's jumping on his bed with like the toy guitar. And, you know, for him, I want to put him in, put him in an acting class. If he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it, you know, but kind of open up those. Give him plenty of options. Him. Yeah. 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 You know, a little less open-ended, I guess. And a little more, let's, let's try this, you know, a little oh. more push, I guess. I like it. I like it, especially if the push, like you said, is any direction they want. And if they don't like it, they don't like it, but they know they don't like it then. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe more of a facilitator. That's what I'll that's what I'll call. It. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I feel like I, I didn't have as much facilitation to me. Um, you had free you were free range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. And and that's what I want to do and, and have my kids feel like they can do whatever they want, which is what I also love about the podcast and writing and, and just going for all this stuff. Cause I think that that'll help them grow up and be like, Hey, I could do this, you know, whatever this thing, is. dad's got a podcast, dad's writing, dad's making movies and that, and kind of instill that in them that, you know, if they, they've got to, they could do it if they want to. It doesn't mean that they're going to be professional and rich and famous, but they could do it. Like you could really do anything you want. I mean, it sounds kind of, you know, like the rip off calendar quotes, but like you could do whatever you want. It doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, be your profession, but like, if you want to make a movie, you can make a movie. You know, if you want to make a podcast, you can make a podcast. If you want to write a TV show, you can write a TV show. If you want to you know, play music. You can play music, you know. Yeah. Just got to try it. Yeah. What, what is that quote? Uh, you don't make the shots you don't take. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. yeah. By Michael Scott. But he's, yes. <laughs> Michael Scott by way of Ring, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to promote while you're on here? Obviously, your podcast. Yeah. I mean, I would say my podcast, it's called The Artist's Work Ethic. And uh, it's everywhere you listen to podcasts. The Instagram, I you know, is Instagram.com slash the artist's work ethic. Sound like an old guy saying that. Um, but I can post it up with the episode as well for people to listen. Sounds good. That's that's my main place. Um, you could see the couple of films that I've made at blackoilfilms.com. And I've got some uh, some info about my screenwriting up there. And so that's kind of where you can find me.
Sounds good. And Black Oil, that's yours as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is a, a play on the X-Files, which I'm oh, a huge fan of. Oh, yes, I did see that. So. I'm a big fan of, what's her name? The the main actress. Gillian uh, Anderson. Oh, man, she does so much good stuff. Like, what's that show that was on Netflix? The uh, Where mm. she's like a detective. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I didn't know she was British. <laughs> and... And I look at him like she's technically not. I think she, like one of her parents is British and the other one's American. Yeah. But is she actually like speak with an I accent? I I don't think so. And and kind of a funny story. I, I used to work at a record label called Side One Dummy Records, and we had an intern there and she started doing like mail order type of stuff and she had a British accent. So I, it was like, oh, this girl, you know, she moved from wherever, London or something. And like months into her being there, our oh, warehouse wow. guy goes, goes, hey, did you know that she's not from like London? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, she's from Orange County. She just lived there. She did like a semester abroad, but just like fully took on the accent, which I feel like maybe what Jillian Anderson did and if okay. not I'm sorry and I still want you to come on the podcast <laughs> yeah no I, I I was just fascinated because I had I did a double take when I when I saw that the fall I think it's called the fall yes yeah yeah, yeah. and it's got the the main uh the main killer is the guy from uh 50 shades of gray mm-hmm. the main guy and I was like I can't place her like she's she's beautiful and then like I had to I think she's blonde in it that that's what yeah, probably yeah. threw me um, and I, w- I was just amazed. And obviously she's done so much stuff since then, too. Yeah, she's she's one of the two people that I was like starstruck by when I when I, I met her at like a book signing once. And I was like terrified when I, I was like hands shaking, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. type of thing. Hannibal. Was, that's the other one. Yes. Yes. Hannibal. Yeah, that she's good. And that's that's another under the radar. Uh, great show. That, well, it's a great show if people can handle the gore of it yeah but uh but yeah thank thank you again for being on the show i really appreciate it had a Thanks, great talk man. yeah i appreciate it sounds good see you sir All right, man if you like this week's episode of people more interesting than me please follow me on apple podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these